Welcome to It's a Good Life, where it's all about helping entrepreneurs think, feel, and do better. Before we begin, I want to tell you about It's a Good Life Plus, our new ad-free subscription on Apple Podcasts. All you've got to do is open the Apple Podcast app and click on It's a Good Life. You'll see a banner under the logo that removes ads and unlocks early access to episodes. It's just five bucks a month, and there's even a free trial. Either way, continue listening to It's a Good Life and sharing the show with others. And here's our man, Brian Buffini. Well, top of the morning to you, and welcome to It's a Good Life with Brian Buffini. I am so glad to be with you today. I'm going to finish off a third part in our series with Mr. Bill Hampton. And if you've had a chance to listen to the other two episodes, we talked about how to play to win. We talked about how to play to win with promotion, how to play to win with sales, and now the third and crucial part for an entrepreneur, how to play to win with growth. Now, when many people think about growth, they think about charts and graphs and, you know, the arrow pointing up to the right like a hockey stick. What I've found in my career is that uh, I could only go as far as I grew myself. And Bill and I, we both know that you can only grow your business and grow your finances and grow your success as far as you grow yourself. Pity the millionaire who didn't grow himself. He'll soon be impoverished again. And so no point in having a full bank account and an empty head. No point in having a full bank account, a full head, but an empty heart. At every live event I've presented for the past 27 plus years, it's a mixture of personal growth and development and then business fundamentals. And that's why if you look at the rhythm of the podcast for the past six years, I have episodes that are purely business fundamentals, and I have episodes that have nothing apparently to do with business that are all about personal growth and development, because you need both. You need both. You're only going to grow your business as far as you grow yourself. And Bill, you're a big, big believer in this. You're a product of the personal growth industry yourself. Your dad, who was in sales himself, weaned you on the Zig Ziglar and the Jim Rohn stuff uh, years and years ago. Maybe you can talk a little bit about your own journey to growth and how it's ultimately helped you get where you are today and how it also sustains you for the future. Yeah, you're right, Brian. I did grow up in that. My dad was a a realtor for 40 years. I grew up in in a real estate household. And, um, you know, realtors are are a group of people generally that are committed to personal growth. And so I received the benefits of that from subliminal messages in the 80s um, constantly telling me, um, you know, how good I was and how strong I was and, and how um, smart I was and, and these things. But boy, I'm so thankful to have grown up in that. And I've just, as a result, I've kept it going. I've always pursued it. I would tell your audience, man, those early years are so powerful with, with your kids and don't miss the opportunity to feed them the good stuff, especially with YouTube and audiobooks and all that's available today. I mean, Zig Ziglar's library is on YouTube and, and on Audible and on iTunes, and you can get it. Get it and listen to mm. it. Who are some of your favorites in your early years and then maybe uh, mid-career and then where you're at now? Who are some of the people who influence you? Well, of course, Zig and Tom Hopkins and Brian Tracy – um, you know, Brian Tracy had a huge impact on me, but I got to tell you, Brian, my mentor was a guy named Bill Mitchell. He lived in Irvine, California, and he was a developer, worked for the Irvine company. He was the senior VP of marketing. 
And this was a guy who grew up in Michigan, went out to California, 50 bucks in his pocket. And when I was growing up, he was the only millionaire I knew. And he would always come home. He would come home to play in a golf tournament at our local club, and I would caddy for him. And just being around him and the things that he taught me, I still have his books on the mental side of selling. I have his audio cassettes on negotiation. But this was a guy who was always learning, always growing, always stepping outside of his comfort zone. Sadly, he passed away four or five years ago, but um, he really was a mentor to me. Many people may not know your background. You were a promoter for many public speakers. I always laugh for those who remember the great Art Linkletter. Oh, yeah. You were promoting Art Linkletter and many other characters. So you were around the speaking business for quite some time. I was. I was around. I've been around just amazing people from great marketers, great promoters, speakers, just people who lived fascinating lives from uh, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North to Art Linkletter to um, presidential candidates and you know vice presidents and I've I've had the privilege to be around some really amazing people and um, mm-hmm. have learned a lot from them. Right, and is today because every time we're talking, you're always popping up a book, and I go, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty voracious reader, and I'm sent books all the time. And I'm looking for books all the time, but you're always, hey, have you read this? I'm like, uh, no. So you're still very much clued in. And like, how often are you reading? How many books are you knocking down a year? Brian, I'm reading. Um, I'm always reading. And, and there are times that I get stuck on nonfiction and I love a legal right. thriller. I'll knock out a good fiction book and that kind of gets me back in the, the swing of things again. Yep. But <clears throat> Brian, I just feel like if I'm not reading, if I'm not listening to an audio book, if I'm not watching something on YouTube, I just feel like I'm behind. And yeah. I don't like that feeling. And so I'm constantly just trying to continue to grow. Yeah, and I would second the whole dynamic. I mean, I've been a voracious personal growth reader for years. But when I get stuck, I've read all Clancy's. I even read yep. the, now that Clancy's passed, they have, you know, ghost writers for them. I read that. Bernard Cornwell was big for me as well. He did a lot of sharps and um, a lot of British history books that are great novels. It kind of gets me back in the game. Yes. And then gets me fired up to read the other stuff because you can't just read the personal growth stuff. Right. But it is very, very powerful. It's part of my DNA. It's anyone who tours through, here's the pictures of Brian Tracy on my left, Zig Ziglar and on my right, and all the people who've had an impact on me. It's been the making of me. It's a great joy. I have a number of young men I've had a chance to mentor in recent years, and I always start them off with Ogmandino and the greatest salesman in the world. I'll start them off with the richest man in Babylon, think and grow rich, how to make friends and influence people, all the classics. And those things are every bit as timeless today and as valuable today as ever before. And a young man I'm helping right now, I I shared with him, Ogmandino, the other day. He's come away from this very prestigious school with a tremendous degree, and he just never heard anything like this in all my years in school. I just never heard anything like this. And there's just this wealth of well-told stories rooted in wisdom that really inspire and motivate. So let's just talk a little bit about why personal growth is such a big deal if a person wants to be successful in business. Well, you know, Brian, I, I, I don't want to, um, this sounds too cliche just to say it's everything, but it's everything. You know, I coach Little League Baseball for many years. I love it. And I'm talking about Little League, not travel ball, but Little Rec League, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10-year-olds. I coach Little League Baseball. And, and here's a revelation for parents that might not want to hear it. 
In Little League Baseball, if your kid plays right field, he's the worst player on the team. I mean, he just is. In Little League, right field is the worst player. You can tell him that, well, this team hits a lot of balls to right field, so that's why the coach wants you there. That's fine, but just so you know, right field is the worst player in Little League Baseball. Because no one can hit the ball out there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so if you don't want to play right field – then you got to start getting better. The ball needs to go in your glove more than it hits you in the head. And if you don't want to play right field, you have to get better in order to get a better position. And, and isn't that how life works? You know, if you want better opportunities, then you have to get better. If you want to quit getting stuck in right field of life, then you've got to figure out a way to gain more skills, get more talented, and play better. And as you grow, you will get more opportunities. That is a fact. And, you know, I talk to people, and they'll say things like, well, no, I'm, I'm doing this, but I'm still not getting the opportunities. No, your attitude is what's holding you back. That's just the reality. If you want to get out of right field, then you have to continue to grow and get better. And that's how it works. And, and that is about as unpopular and unmodern a message as you can have in 2022. It is. Because the truth of the matter is everybody wrings their hands and talks about the participation trophies and we don't have winners and losers anymore. The truth of the matter is, is that in business, there's winners and losers and the consequences are very severe. And you don't get participation trophies. That's right. You get notices from your bank that your mortgage is late. You know, you get your kids are uh, having to go work in a restaurant to go through to junior college because they don't have college funding. Not that there's anything wrong with working in a restaurant to go through your college. That's something I admire. The real deal is there are winners and losers in business. There are winners and losers in life. And that is not a popular concept anymore. Losing is a process. It is a, an event. It is not the person, the old Zig Ziglar. And the thing is, nobody's a loser till they close the casket and that you're done. That's right. Colonel Sanders, he was 66 when he finally got a first hit on selling somebody into his restaurant chain. Orville Redenbacher was 72 when he finally got someone to buy off on his luxury popcorn. Moses was 80 when finally God put him to work. So I think that's important. But I also think this, and I, you and I are business people. We've seen it. And as coaches, we've seen it. When you even say this, you know, there's people cringing. Listen, oh my gosh, the kids in right field in Little League. <laughs> the truth is, it's the truth. It's okay in Little League. The key is that they come back. I mean, if they see a butterfly, they chase the butterfly and not the ball. I get all that. But in life, it's a big deal. And if we're talking about entrepreneurs who need to promote, who need to sell, growth is everything. My mentor, Lou Holtz, used to say, growth is everything. Like a marriage is good when it's growing. A business is good when it's growing. A person is good when they're grown, which means the opposite is true. When your marriage, your business, and yourself, you're not growing, you're dying. Absolutely. And so it, it is a critical thing. You know, the opposite of growth is, I think, something that is very difficult for people, and it's stagnation. And it's the worst feeling that when you just feel like you're not going anywhere, you're not moving forward. Why is it you think that people are so prone to getting stuck? I feel like it is so tough today. It's so easy to get stuck. And it's so, um, we are so, we're under attack. Like, I don't, I don't want that to sound too extreme, but we are. I mean, listen, yeah. I think people get stuck because they let 
life happen to them. And, you know, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, the number one habit, successful people happen to things. They're proactive. But mm-hmm. it is easy today to let life happen to us. You know, five years ago, Google Ads was a $40 billion business. Today, it's a $180 billion business. Well, how does Google Ads make money? They get your attention and they hold you online. They, 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 they get your attention with an ad. They get your attention with a video and they hold you. The only way they grow is they get your eyeballs longer. So think about it, Brian. Um, you're trying to get unstuck and you found that you're scrolling for the last hour just looking at videos. Well, why are you doing that? Because there's an entire industry, there's an entire um, building of people whose goal is to get your eyeballs on their screen longer. Man, we are, there are people just fighting for your attention. Yeah. And systems and artificial intelligence. Yes. And it's one of the largest, fastest growing businesses in the world. And you click on something, we're going to make sure you click on more of it. And we're going to give you more of it. And we're going to direct you more and keep you in that droned out phase. And then if you decide to take a break, oh, go check out Netflix and you're allowed to, you know, binge watch. Let me tell you, it's a long flight across the Atlantic. There's times I used to read, but it strained the eyes. We're like, boom, put the headphones on, zone out and watch a show that I want to watch and watch it all the way through. Great stuff. The thing about it is binge watching used to be something that was done maybe twice a year. Well, now you can do it every day. Every day. And now they they don't release a series. I know Disney just released their new Andor series, and they didn't release it until there were three episodes in the can. Right. And then many people are like, no, I won't watch it till it's all out. Yeah. Then I'll watch it all together. And so the truth is, I, I do think you're right. We are under attack. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's a business. It used to be, hey, headlines on a newspaper. But you could always put the paper down. Now the paper chases you. Your phone dings, it rings, it demands your attention. You know, we were talking today in the studios and I, hey, I had my phone in the other room because there's people after me. Right. Right. To stop me from being present with you right, right. now. You know, you know, Brian, it's so good. It, it would be the equivalent of if you sat down at your favorite restaurant and you took a bite of a great steak and you shut your eyes and you put your head back and you said, oh, that steak is so good. And when you went back to get another bite, now it was pasta. And you were like, oh, well, I like pasta too. Let me have a bite of that. And so you tasted it and you're like, that pasta is so good. And then you look back and now it's seafood. And you're like, well, I love lobster. Let me get that. And it's just, they know and they just keep throwing stuff at you and throwing it at you. And the more you respond, the smarter it gets. So to answer your question is, It's so easy to stagnate because, man, we are under attack. And the only way to stay in front of that is to be proactive like you've never been before. If you don't have a plan to not let that happen to you, let me tell you something. There's people that have a plan to make sure that it does happen to you. You're in a, we're in a fight. We are. And you got to fight. to maintain control. There is no doubt. And the dynamic is it ends up in comparison. It ends up in oh. depression. It ends up in lethargy. It ends up in lack of motivation. And the outlet and the source of that inspiration and information is just to drag you down. What I see with like TikTok, for example, TikTok is probably the best right now. Young people, 
are addicted to TikTok. I fight with my kids all the time. And it's like, hey, guys, come on. Let's go do a little reality <laughs> stuff instead of TikTok. Why? Because they are short, entertaining, very humorous bombardment that comes at them all the time. And it's this short attention span. Boom, 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 boom. And it hits us over and over and over again. Why are we talking about this? Because it leads to stagnation. Yes. It takes us away from growth. You know, you have to sit in growth. I find myself, the seasons I've grown the most is when I immersed myself, immersed myself in content, immersed myself in information, immersed myself in networking with people, immersed myself in the goals and what I was trying to achieve and the feedback and the progress. And when I immersed myself, I grew like crazy. And so we really do have to put that stuff off and switch gears. Yes. Let me ask you this. In your own life, how have you worked through stagnation and gotten right back on the horse towards growth? Well, it starts with recognizing it. Um, Brian, I know when I'm tired, I'm susceptible to fall into stagnation. I've got to be real careful when I'm tired. And the next time that it happens is when I stray from who I am at my core. When I stray away from who I'm uniquely created to be, from the things that really motivate me to be my best, that's when I get in trouble. An example is, you know, I I don't want it to sound like I am, um, you know, blowing sunshine here, but, you know, your company, Brian, has an assessment, And it's the real strengths assessment. And I got to tell you, I've taken all the assessments. Yours is the best one. I'm not just saying this. Yours is the best one I've ever come across. And your audience, if they haven't taken it, should take your assessment because it's the best. I learned so much about myself. And one thing I learned in taking that is I am synergistic. It means I get energy from people. And as an entrepreneur and a solo entrepreneur, There are many times where I go through stretches where it's me alone in an office. And if I'm not careful, if I don't get out, if I don't collaborate, and if I don't synergize with other people on a regular basis, I can really get in a funk in my head. That's who I'm made to be. I'm made to be around people. So when I get tired and when I um, am alone for too long, that's when I can get in trouble because it, it throws me out of sync for who I'm supposed to be. And um, I think it's really important we honor who we are. So the way that I get out of it is I go back and go, who am I? What fires me up? When I'm operating in this way, I am my best. And I try to get back to that. And you can't get back to it unless you know who you are. And so that's what I've found works best for me is I've got to get back to who I am. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting when people have interviewed me in the past. You know, we have 27 years of coaching tens of thousands of people, and we've had these extraordinary results, as you've seen. You know, people use the phrase, they 10x their income, and they throw it out there. But when you actually do it and have done it for decades, and people come in making 35 grand, and they're then making 350 grand, and you do that tens of thousands of times, you learn a few things. And one of the dynamics I'm always asked is, what's the best thing about coaching? And I say, well, it stops people from drifting. Mm. Drift is really what I see. You know, you talk about the stagnation piece. I just see people drift. Like no one wakes up one morning and go, you know what? Over the next 90 days, I'm going to put on 20 pounds. Right, right. And not unless they're a, a UFC fighter or something, right? It's like, no, over the next 90 days, I'm going to put on 20 pounds. I'm going to not read the couple of the books that I bought. I'm going to kind of 
pull away from family a little bit. I'm just kind of veg out. And, um, you know, that's what I'm going to do for the next 90 days. I've never really seen that. This last weekend, I made a commitment. I love football in the fall. And I was like, I'm going to watch football for 12 hours on Saturday. Now, I actually did a few things as well. And so, but I had a great day because it was a day. And I looked forward to it. And I won't be doing it again for a while. The fact is, most people drift. And uh, George Bernard Shaw said, uh, to be in heaven is to steer and to be in hell is to drift. And we need to steer the boat. And you're talking about, like Aristotle talked about, you got to know yourself mm-hmm. and getting back to who you are at your core. And the reason is, how in the heck, why are you talking like that, Bill? Because you, it's easy to drift away. The culture is asking us to drift. Netflix wants us to drift and Disney and all the other people like that. They want us to drift. Our own default position is to drift. You know, you have to be conscious, actually intentional to succeed in areas of life. You know, you I'm going to steal that, Brian. I, yeah. I don't, it's probably not yours, but I, for whatever reason, at 51 years of age, I've never heard it called drift. And that's, that's so good because it's not like, oh, I'm, you know, we say I'm in a funk or I'm this. No, you just, you just slowly drifted. And then you wake up one day and go, how did I get here? Why am I so far off? That's, that's, it just, it's a slow drift. That's so yeah. good. As we take the boat here and steer it, you know, we've been talking about promotion. We talk about sales. You talk about why it's important to get help and why we all need help. And you've offered that help. You get that help. I have coaches in all five areas of my life. Buffini Company has several consultants at this time. Why is getting help kind of a key ingredient to growth? Well, you know, Brian, we're always told to focus on our weaknesses, to work on our weaknesses. But I got to tell you, I think it's more important to work on your strengths and to delegate your weaknesses. I'm never going to be that good at some things. If I'm a, if I'm a three at something today, I can work really, really hard and maybe get it to a five, but I would rather take the things that I'm an eight in and work to get those to a 10 and then hire people who are eights in the things that I'm a three in. And so that's why I think it's so important to get help. I got to tell you, when I grasp that, I would say nothing did more for my career, the trajectory of the growth of my career, than when I really grasped that concept to work on my strengths and to hire people who were better at the things that I was weak at than I was. Um, I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs who are afraid to hire help. They're afraid to pull the trigger. And Brian, here's how it was explained to me. And it brought me tremendous focus and it really skyrocketed my income. And that was this. Let's say you want to make $500,000 in a year. You want to make $500,000 annual income. That's $250 an hour. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian, if you want to make $250 an hour, you have to spend the majority of your time doing $250 an hour activities. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, if people are honest with themselves, and if your listeners ask themselves right now, I promise you, they spend a lot of their time doing $20 and $30 an hour activities. Yep. They, and so when you make the decision... I'm going to start doing $250 an hour activities. It really brings you, it makes you incredibly focused. When I made that decision, 
I learned that there's about three or four things that I need to spend my time doing. Mm -hmm. That was it. Mm -hmm. And whenever I was doing something that wasn't those three or four activities, I wasn't doing the things I needed to do in order to make the kind of money I wanted to make. It was a real eye-opener for me, and it, it, it genuinely changed um, everything about my career. I remember uh, visiting your office years ago, because you're doing even better now, but I remember seeing that $250 an hour sign by your phone every day, and I was like, oh, okay. That's right. And you made up a sign so that when you found yourself drifting or getting caught up channel surfing or you know checking out YouTube or going on the internet or doing paperwork and admin, uh, hang on a second here, there's stuff I can do to really move the needle and, and ring the bell. And this isn't it. You talked about your strengths. You talked about our profile. I won't leave people hanging. We've been working. We built a profile for the past 28 years. That's really been the secret sauce in our coaching. You know now we've put millions of dollars into the development of an assessment called Real Strengths. I'm going to be bringing programming on this show from our Real Strengths expert, Rachel Yeaman, Kevin Maffini. And we're going to be offering people a free assessment to be able to get this information, to take a free assessment, to know themselves better, to leverage their strengths, to get them focused. And I'm very, very excited about that. So stay tuned for future episodes. We're going to be getting you exposed to the real strengths. And like you said, it's a game changer for a lot of people. And it's also a game changer to help people focus on that stuff that moves the needle and gets them closer to that $250 or $300 an hour work that they want to do. Uh, Some practical things. We've had great tips Maybe give a couple of practical tips for people to get unstuck, to win the game of growth. We've talked about how to win the game of promotion, how to win the game of sales. What would be some how-to tips you have for folks to win the growth game? Well, Brian, I, I would say the first one is expand your knowledge. You and I both talked about that sometimes we get in ruts with reading, and so we, we go back to a, a, something that, a fiction, something that we love. Listen, I would challenge your audience, that when you feel stuck, find something that you're really interested in, whatever that is, and go deep on it. You love it. You're interested in it. Just spend some time. Take your time and go deep on it. One thing that causes us to get stuck is we get things in 30 and 60 second sound bites today. And I think it Mm -hmm. helps us get unstuck when we go deep on something. So find something you're Mm. interested in and go deep on it. Next, I would say expand your focus. And that comes in serving others. Brian, when we serve others, it's like the goodness just flows through us. It keeps things flowing. And you know, when something quits flowing, when it gets stopped up, it begins to stink. And so mm-hmm. when you serve mm-hmm. others, A, it Like stagnant you, water, Bill, right? We talked about stagnation. It's just like stagnant water. That's right. And, and when you serve others, it reminds you first that it's not all about you. Mm-hmm. And then number two, it just keeps things flowing through you. And I think that's powerful. And then number three, expand your mindset. Get around people who have done more than you seen more places than you, had more successes, had more failures, learned more, expand your mindset. Brian, I was talking to a realtor at a conference um, recently, and he sat down and he said, this was fascinating to me. He said to me, he said, Bill, I'm making $100,000 and I'm good. I just don't feel like I need to make any more money right now. And I said to him, I said, let me ask you a question. Is there anybody in your circle, your parents, your friends, colleagues, 
Does anyone in your circle make $100,000? He said, no, I make more money than anyone around me. I said, I get it. I understand. But let me tell you something. Um, it's You've been put in a position where you know you can make more money. And you need to now go out and meet people who've made more. Because guess what those people have done? They've served more. They've given more. They've changed more lives with that money. Right now, you've got your eyes on you. And you need to get your eyes focused outward because there's a lot more you can do. Making money isn't all about you. And so we had a good conversation that. So I would say expand your knowledge, expand your focus, and expand your mindset. Yeah, that's brilliant. You know, you did that man a favor because he was already starting to go into decline and didn't know it. That's exactly right. He was about to go into decline. You know, my mentor, Jim Rohn, told me, become a millionaire for what it will make of you. Mm. And at the time, I didn't have any money, Bill, so I thought it would make me rich. But I didn't realize that the making of the person, money and the income is the smallest. It's feedback. It's just market feedback. But the bottom line is we all feel like we're at our best when we're growing. Um, Bill, you know, just before we leave here, we call this podcast, It's a Good Life. Um, This podcast would not exist without you. Our audience doesn't know. Many, many years ago, Bill, with his experience with the Dave Ramsey company, we had talked and you said, hey, you know, you do these seminars, you have this content that blows people away, but three or four or 5,000 people get to hear it. And he said, there's people all over the world would love to hear this. And Bill not only encouraged me, inspired me, challenged me, Bill actually was consulting me at the time, actually helped oversee the creation of this beautiful studio here in San Diego. And it's all designed out and built out in this state-of-the-art recording facility. And you were so committed that I needed to do this. So you kept telling me, sell the airplane, build the studio. And that's what I did. So it's kind of so cool to be doing these interviews with you today when you were helping me do it. But Bill, what does a good life mean to you? What, when you think about it, just Bill Hampton, your family, your life, what, what does a good life mean to you? Um, Brian, the good life means, to me, it means options. The good life allows me the option to, I don't have to do anything. The things I do today, I choose to do. It gives me options. It allows me to, to see my kids' activities. It allows me to be around, do more family things, but allows me to focus on the work that I want to do, not that I have to do. I don't want to have to do anything anymore. I want to choose to do the things I want to do. And that's what the good life uh, has afforded me. And that's great. And and I would just encourage people as you hear that, Bill Hampton's probably working harder than he ever has in his life today. True. It just doesn't feel like it, right? Because, and that's the same for me. You know, the economic need is not there, but the drive is more than ever before. And for me, it's impacted and improved the lives of people. Bill, we've done three episodes where you've impacted, improved a lot of businesses and a lot of people's lives. We talked about how to play to win with promotion. We talked about knowing your customer, crush the first interaction and lead with the core need. We talked about how to play to win with sales, which is you need to believe, go all in and how to be a pro. And then today we talked about the dynamic of growth where be productive, don't drift, know yourself and expand your knowledge, focus and mindset. That's a lot of meat. That's a lot of content. I really encourage people, listen to these episodes multiple times. Go for a walk, go for a jog, go to your gym, drive in your car. I would listen to these episodes over and over again. It's been a masterclass in business, and I know there's a lot more to give, which is why I want you to speak at more of our events, Bill, and be more and more a part of our faculty. I can't thank you enough. I love your you and your family, your friendship, the value you've been to me, this very podcast that exists, and all the value and benefit you brought to people today, Bill. It is a good life, and getting to work with people like you 
one of my favorite things. So thanks for sharing your insights with our audience these uh, past three episodes. Well, Brian, it's an honor to to speak with you and to uh, have access to your audience. I hope that I was able to add value to them and uh, I'll come back anytime. Thank you. You bet. Well, we'll be seeing you again. Thanks again, Bill. Appreciate you and and the good life. One of the good life pieces for me is uh, been able to send an Irish blessing to you all. And uh, I wish the words of my mother would penetrate your heart and mind today and remember that uh, God has us all in the hollow of his hands. Until next time, we'll see you then. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. (laughs) 